Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about whether you should only focus on cash flow when you're investing in property. Now, this is really interesting because one of the books that Andrew suggested I read when I first joined the company is a book called Property Investment. And it is by New Zealand's most trusted advisor, Mr. Martin Hawes, who is very very respected within the investment industry. And so I read through this book very, very diligently. And one of the things that Martin said, and I should note as well, that this was, uh, the edition that I read was last updated in 2004. Uh, But what it said was that you should only focus on cash flow with an investment property. You shouldn't worry about the gains you're necessarily going to make on it. Now, I found this really, really interesting, and we're going to talk about whether we agree or, or disagree with this particular approach, um, because when I look at investment property, of course, the whole benefit of leveraged investment is that as properties go up over time, you're getting the gain on the total value of the investment, including the bank's money, not just on your own. So the real value in my mind from the fundamentals comes from the fact that you're getting capital growth, not necessarily from the cash flow. Now, Andrew... What are your thoughts on this? So I want, I think um, when I'm looking at this, uh, and actually Martin Hawes and I both spoke at the same event in Christchurch, uh, I think earlier this year, on property investment, and I noticed that his kind of tone was maybe a little bit different. He was talking a bit about capital growth. Now, I guess the reason people have this opinion is because growth isn't guaranteed, um, which, you know, it's not, but historically we have growth and we, we have limited land and we've got increasing cost of, of, of building and so there's always going to be some growth over time. So what I, the way I take this message is that you shouldn't be relying on that growth now, um, you need to be thinking about cash flow and it being sustainable so that you can hold for long term so you can get that growth because growth isn't guaranteed in a particular time frame. I guess you, you would assume that it would be guaranteed in a longer period of time. But if you buy something and the cash flow is so poor that you have to sell early, then that's a great way to lose money in property. Um, if you can weather the storm, as we say, you're much more likely to see good growth in a property. And the other thing that I'd mention as well is an investment property is not the only investment class that is mainly focused on capital growth. If you think about shares, unless you're investing in a real blue chip stock and there are you know stocks that focus on dividends, but generally speaking, if you're investing in shares, you're really looking for growth in, in the, the, the share price. That's what investors and shareholders are really looking for. I mean, nobody has ever bought uh, zero, the stock of zero, uh, in order to get cash flow out of it. It's because mm. they know that it's a growth stock. So you ne- you, you purchase your, your stocks or shares in that case uh, based on what you're actually trying to achieve, and then you stick with that strategy even as the, the price... Uh, fluctuates and of course the price of shares does fluctuate much more than investment property and we're actually going to talk about that in a future episode but there is one other thing that I want to talk about which is that um, I don't want anybody to think that uh, that uh, we're, we're putting down mud and whores because of course this book was written in 2004, 15 years ago and investment approaches uh, change and differ over time. And also I just think that fundamentally people take 
that that quote or, or that perception and and think that it's about buying properties for cash flow now. Um, whereas you know if you think about and I'll do some numbers after this after Ed's had a spiel. Um, uh, you know a, a property which is making a hundred dollars a week, which is actually fairly hard to find nowadays. Something that was making a hundred dollars a week. If you if your goal is to have two thousand uh, dollars per week in income. You've got to have a whole lot of those. You're going to have twenty of those to be able to produce that income. And let's face it, most of us won't get lending to get twenty properties from the bank. Exactly, because if you were to, we were just talking about this before we hit record. Uh, let's say that we found a, a property that was cash flow positive, uh, that was more uh, more realistic to find or, or easier to find. Say it got you fifty dollars a week, right? Now, if you wanted to just earn the median income in New Zealand, which is about 52k before tax, that means you'd need $1,000 a week uh, in order to, to build that up. Now, if you've got properties that are each uh, earning you $50 a week, you'd need 20 properties each earning you $50 a week in order to be able to get the median income of 52k. And look, nobody goes into property investment in order to just earn the median income or get average results. But run us through your numbers, Andrew. So I did um, a couple of examples because I was looking at kind of long-term strategy. And I always say that, you know, generally speaking, growth it should be your fundamental to begin with. Um, again, it needs to be cash flow uh, sufficient that it's not going to cost you a lot per week. So I just want to give an example, um, a, a property worth half a million dollars, one which is just a normal growth property at $500 a week, the other very high yielding, $725 a week. Now I would expect um, a property that's you know a bit more affordable to have three weeks a year vacancy maximum with something that's a bit more expensive, 725 might be a room by room rental, We'd expect more like four weeks or maybe more worth of vacancy. And so the gross yield on the first is uh, 5.2. The gross yield on the second is 7.5. So drastically different there. Um, and then we've kept everything else the same. So uh, interest rates, insurance, uh, maintenance. maintenance. Sorry, maintenance, I've paid $2,000 a week compared to $1,000 a week. And that's because, generally speaking, such a high-yielding property is going to be older uh, and or it's going to have a higher turnover of tenants, maybe, so it's maybe more wear and tear if it's room-by-room room rental. So the so the first property makes you uh, sorry costs you $50 a week. The second property makes you $108 a week. Now, I would expect, again, a property which is costing you $50 a week to go up by 5% a year in 15 years. And so the projected value on that or the projected equity would be 540 but you've put in um, you've put in 39,000 give or take or 40,000 dollars so your your net your net result is 500,000 on the other hand that high yielding property which has gone up by maybe say 2% because it's more attractive to the investor market it's much more limited for example uh, that the equity increase in that is only 173,000. And so if you add in that 108 that you've received a week, you've only received 257,000 in net profit. So you've made almost double by that by buying the property which is better growth, lower cash flow, which I know we've spoken about before, but just to reiterate, so what what my strategy for a lot of clients would be, okay, let's get some really good growth properties, complement them with some cash flow so that your cash flow is as at a level that you're sustainable, you're able to sustain these properties for a long period of time. But we really want to be able to get good growth, so we want to buy good quality properties. And although you can't control capital gain fully, it does happen, and that is really what's going to drive 
your wealth creation strategy. That's what's going to help you achieve the things that you originally wanted to achieve when you became a property investor. And while you can't fully control it, what you can control is the research you conduct in order to look for the fundamentals that drive growth and house prices. We always say it, high demand and increasing housing demand and limited housing supply. That's what is really going to drive house prices. And look, the other thing that I'll just quickly mention, two things, is that uh, if you only focus on cash flow, you may actually be, be working counter to what's actually going to achieve uh, long-term gains for you. And that's because quite often what we see is the more cash flow positive a property tends to be uh, on purchase, the lower capital growth it gets. And that's simply because the properties that tend to be uh, cash flow positive, first of all, tend to be apartments as opposed to houses. And apartments tend to appreciate uh, at a slower rate than standalone houses. And also, if you've got a, a property that is cash flow positive and uh, is is getting really good capital gain, then it's going to be very popular. So the price of that is going to get bidded up to, to, to the kind of rate where it may not be as attractive anymore. So you're going to have more competition for those sorts of properties. Now, just before we wrap up, I do want to talk about um, this idea of passive income because uh, this idea of passive income is, is always talked about within property seminars and talked about uh, whenever people are discussing property. And the way that passive income works, because you may be sitting there thinking, well, how do I build a passive income um, of $50 cash flow positive properties? And look, here's the thing. You don't build passive income on day one. You build passive income by building up a portfolio and then uh, hopefully selling a couple of those properties within your portfolio so that you eventually end up with a couple of freehold investment properties. And then because you've got no debt on them, you've got much lower expensive expenses because you don't have those financing costs and then you're able to take out the the operating profit from those properties and live off it. So if you've got two or three freehold properties, that's when you're able to get that kind of passive income which is so often talked about. But that's going to take time. So yeah, I, I, just to add to that, I, I just kind of think, you know, if, if someone's looking for growth and yield uh, and, and not sure what to buy, buy both. Uh, if you can buy something that's costing fifty dollars a week, and another one that's uh, uh, negatively get, uh, sorry costing fifty dollars a week, another one that's gaining fifty dollars a week, use them to offset each other, and then in fifteen years' time, at five percent growth, the one that's the one that's you know maybe costing you per week, you'll be able to sell that and pay off the high uh, yielding property. You've got that income coming in forever, and so you only have to do that a few times to to kind of get an income. Fantastic. Well, let's wrap it up there. But if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not check out our epic guide to property investment? Andrew and I wrote this together over a weekend in some hotel rooms before a couple of seminars that we were doing. Uh, it's much less dodgy than it perhaps sounds, but it's definitely worth a read. 16,000 words. Don't even need to put your email in in order to be able to read this completely free guide. And if you want to get there, here's what you do. You pull out your phone, Google Property Investment NZ, Property Investment NZ. Scroll past those ads and we are always in the top two or three results. So you can go there and it's got a big updated uh, sign or, or, or word, I guess, uh, in, in, in the Google search results. So you'll be able to see that. You'll probably see Andrew's face in there as well. Well worth the read. It's about 45 minutes long and that's going to give you the fundamentals of the New Zealand property market. Now, of course, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Guys, it really does help us get the message out out to more people. 
But until next time. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.